And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find people who have social proof, meaning you can look at what they built and they can teach you how to build it because they built something. I was talking to somebody the other day, Trap, where um, they're trying to teach people how to do something that, that they've never done, which mm-hmm. bothers me. So that's why we did the Social Proof Podcast because we got somebody that's really knee-deep into the stock game and got me on the flip, okay? Uh, I started out with 5000 in my account. Well, I started out with a hundred, and then I did like another couple hundred, then I did 1000 and I put it, I invested $5,000 um, in my Robinhood joint. Mm-hmm. And that joint set $7,200 mm. from the Five, you know what I'm saying? You got me an Amazon. I got three shares of Amazon. So, you know, we waiting for that to matriculate because he said it's going to 3,500 and I believe it. It is. But we got Mr. Wall Street Trapper in the building. What's the word? What's good, my guy? What's good, my guy? Everything's good. Let me ask you a question, though. Talk to me. How you feel knowing that you've now took the step to start investing? How you feel about that? I feel addicted. (laughs) Yo, you did this, bro. You did this. Yo, your name is appropriate. Wall right. Street Trapper. Like, right. you gave me a little bit of dope. You right. let me taste a little bit. He was like, yo, set it up. Buy this stock. That joint shot up. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. you got some more of them stocks, bro. Yeah. I was like, yo, what are we doing out here? Yeah. So, yo, man, please, for those that have been living under a rock and don't right. know who you are, go on and let the people know. Uh, just introduce yourself. Yeah, man, so... I'm the Wall Street Trapper, man. Uh, my goal is to just educate the coach on how to build wealth um, through investing in the stock market. Yeah. Um, it's not the only tool, but it's a great introduction because there's a low barrier entry, mm-hmm. right? So I use my past, my past, uh, which was just growing up in New Orleans, going to prison, and we'll get into all of that. Yeah. Um, I use that as a way to um, normalize this conversation within amongst ourselves. And really, I started with doing it to the streets. Yeah. Like people in the streets, dudes I was real cool with. Um, I started there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just made sense to me. Like, damn, like these people really playing this game. Um, and whether we believe it or not, we are a part of the game. Right. right? Well, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? So this whole world is a game, right? right? And there's different levels to the game. And what I mean by this, so every, every one of us is positioned on this board, right? right? It's just like a chess game, right? Some have more power than others, right? But the dope part about the chess game is if you can get the pawn to the other side, you can make it whatever you want. Mm, That's a fact. That's a fact. You can make it whatever you want. So what we need to do is transition from being mere pawns. So I remember when I was in prison, man, I was talking to this guy and this is the dude who introduced me to investing, right? Um, He was in jail for embezzlement, Mm. right? So he had... Explain embezzlement. I hear it all the time. I just don't, it sounds like stealing, but... It is. Right? Illegal stealing. Legal stealing. That's all it is. Legal, illegal stealing. Legal, illegal. See, what happens is embezzlement is a way that you steal on a corporate level. Mm-hmm. And you get a slap on the hand. Right. In the streets, when you steal, or you rob, you get a... It's harsh. Yeah. It took, took 10 years from me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So there's punishment. The punishment is different when you learn a game. Mm. You feel me? Because when you learn a game, it's not so much punishment is how you learn to do what I know how to do. Yeah. Right? And because you learned that, I can't punish you because I do it. Right. <laughs> 
right, 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 right. But I'm going to tell you, chill out, because one of the things he told me was, he said, yo, um, y'all playing the wrong game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, it's not a game. Like, you think it's a game? I'm doing 10 years for a 10 murder on Robbie. My man doing 35. Shout out to my guy, man. He come home in 60 days on a, oh, 20, wow. on a 20-year bid. Wow. On a 20-year bid. I got another homie that come home in three years on a 25-year bid. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think this a game? Like, we talking real numbers right here. We talking about football scores, fam. Yeah. He was like, that's the problem. You don't even know it's a game. So if you don't know it's a game, how can you play it? Mm. And that caught, that caught, I'm 17. I'm 17. And I'm like, wait a minute. He talking spicy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that caught me off guard because at this age, everything I know how to do comes with aggression. It comes with force. Everything, my whole state of being, everything, everywhere I know how to move comes with that. So now, instead of me reacting out of ignorance to that situation, it made so much sense to me, it made me stop and listen. Mm. Like, damn. Because I felt played. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, I don't know. Like, all I know is the streets. So one of the things he told me was, he was like, man, wealthy people just play a different game. And so my mindset, I'm like, okay, well, if you playing, so you in here with me. Right. So you not good at the game. Right, right. You took it out too. So he was like, not really. How much money have you ever seen in your life? At this time, I'm like 17, so I probably had about maybe, maybe about $40,000 at this age. Probably the most I ever seen at that point. Mm-hmm. I was 16 when I came to prison, so probably about $40,000 mm-hmm. at that age. So he was like, yo, I literally got, I'm in here for $2.8 million. I paid eight hundred dollars in restitution. I kept $2 million. Who's playing the game? Who playing the right end of the stick? Who playing the game right? And I'm like, He still got the two? He probably got more. So this how long I, did he? How long did he have? 18 months. Sit down for 18 months, take two M's? And so look what he tell me. He said, while you're doing that 10-year bid, I'll come home. I'll get better. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. And this time, the most they can give me is five. So if I hit for five million, I paid restitution on it. My family still got, you know, three, four million plus the two million. And all I did all together was, what, five, seven, six and a half years? I'll do that for seven million dollars to make sure my family's still good. I'll do it. When you do it, I'm like, he's like, you doing it for less than that. Way less. That blew me. So this before Instagram, Snapchat, and all that, right? I'm like, man, you lying. Because people in jail have a tendency. They got this thing in jail. It's like the arm. You can be anything you want to be, right? Because I don't really know you like that. So you can tell me anything. Dude, so in jail, your prized possessions be like your letters and your pictures. Mm. That's your pro- that's your sense of normalcy, right? So he took all his pictures from me. This, this round, this one Kodak pictures was still the truth, family. Mm. I would never forget. This dude would show me pictures of him like on yachts and mansions, like big log cabins. But the one picture that stood out to me, and if, you, if people have heard me before, I always say this. It was a picture of him in a, a lake with mountains behind him, and he had steam coming from the lake. And he had a bottle of wet, and he was with his family. And I learned that it's, in, it's called a, a, the Blue Lagoon or something in Ireland or Iceland or somewhere. And I want to go there because that's reminded every. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Mm. I had never, I'm from New Orleans, family. I'm from the hood. I've never seen mountains in my life at this point in my life. Only on TV. So here this dude is, this white dude, in a pool with a bottle of Moet, a bottle of champagne with his wife, his dog, with mountains behind him, the pool steaming. And in my mind, I'm like, I've never seen nothing like that before in my life. Mm. I'm playing the wrong game. Yeah. I'm playing the wrong game. Yeah. You told it to me and then you showed it to me. And then another thing in prison, what happens is you tell people, let me see your paperwork. So your paperwork, you're going to tell me a lot of stuff, mm. but your paperwork going to tell me what you in here for. Right, for sure. You feel me? So he showed me the paperwork. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Mm. So from that moment, we was in a cell together for 60 days. Um, he had a federal charge. So I was on attempt murder on robbery. He was on a federal charge. So my band was red. Mm-hmm. His band was red and white. Um, so he got shipped to federal prison, man. And he just, it was just on my mind. Like, damn, I'm playing the wrong game. Like everybody, I, but the crazy part was everybody I know is playing this game. Yeah. So we all playing the wrong game. Mm. So that's- that, Crazy thing is everything, everybody he know probably playing that game. And everybody he know is playing that game. So now you're looking at two people on two different sides of the board. So now you look at the 
chessboard, you got white and you got black, and now it all makes sense to me. Mm. Not far as racial wise, but just how we all play different games. Even if you're not in the streets hustling, right? If you work in two and three jobs to survive, you're playing the wrong game. Wrong game. And you think getting that second job is gonna change? And it's not. It's not. All you now doing is selling more of your time. Yeah. I've never met a person who had two jobs that that was doing better. Bro, that's what I, I, I was just telling somebody like that. I'm never a second job will never solve your problem. It's never. It's never gonna solve it. Yeah. So when I learned that, I was like, damn. So he went to telling me certain things. You know, we just we had a million conversations. Cause now I'm I'm into you now. Yeah. Like I'm not letting you go to sleep. <laughs> I'm like, yo, look, let's run it, fam. Yeah. Let's run it up. Yeah. Like, we up 2 o'clock in the morning. But I'm excited because um, I think that's one of the ways I can talk so good because prison helped me become a storyteller mm. because you always... I done told my story so many times in prison So well, uh, because that's how we communicate. Mm. That's how I relate to you. Mm. Tell me your story, yeah. right? That's how we bond. 2, yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning, everybody sleep. What's up, dude? We running it. You yeah. telling me, man, trap, man. You know what I'm saying? So I would listen to him and he would talk to me so much, man. And he told me something. He says, three people, wealthy people, Three things wealthy people do, man. The first thing they stop doing is trading time for money, which is the one thing we know how to do. Yeah. The second thing is they start letting their money work for them. Mm -hmm. The third thing is they add value to people. Mm -hmm. Because the more people you add value to, the more people are willing to connect to you and the more people are willing to pay. Mm -hmm. And I that's was like, yo, that's crazy. That's but he told me something that the crazy part is if you are hustling in the street, you already know these rules. Nobody just never pointed it out to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your the, product, your sales. The rules are the same. It's the same. Different games. Different product. The rule the same. Goodness you got gracious. a product, you market it, you brand it, you, you, you know how to sell. Yeah. Add you, value. You add value. <laughs> right. Make your product stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And then so the three objectives he told me that people use, and this people always ask me like, how you got into stocks though? Because in order to be a great leader, at some point you got to be a dope ass follower. For sure. For sure. You got to be. Yeah. It's, 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 every great leader was once a perfect follower. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he told me stocks, real estate, run a business. Those are the three ways. Mm -hmm. So ideally for me, I went with the first thing he told me. Yeah. Stocks. I studied it. I got into it while I was in prison. Um, One of my close friends prison, his name Walter Ward, man. It's my guy, man. Um, he literally was doing 25 years. They went did something, you know, a little, it, it was in a mix of something and the dude pulls out the gun and he pulls out the gun, the dude grabbed the gun, the dude shoots him and he wound up, you know, killing the dude so he got 25 years. Mm -hmm. But he had to learn how to walk again. He introduced me to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm, Kiyosaki. He introduced it. And that was the first thing that changed my mindset. So I always tell people, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is not a great investment series. Mm -hmm. It's a great mindset series. Oh, for sure. And once 100%. you get past the second book, Robert is a great marketer. Mm -hmm. He's a great marketer. Because once you get past the second book, they all are pretty much the same. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I only like this first one. Like, yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was Rich the classic. Dad, yeah. But that's kind of like how it is. Like in music, typically people's first album, they mm -hmm. spend their whole life putting into that one album. Mm -hmm. And then the record label saying, yo, I need you to drop another one. Yeah. So you're like, yo, it took me... 17 See, years to make this joint. That's the lifetime. Right. That's the pain, the struggle. Everything yeah. is in that first album. Yeah. So from and so after I read like the second one, I was like, okay, this is redundant. Yeah. Like it's the same thing over and over and over. Right. So I remember in prison, I was a bookie, mm. right? So what I used to do was, so I'm gonna tell Pete this in this hard, like, so my, my whole 10-year bid, my family wasn't there for me. Mm. And it wasn't purposely, right? So a lot of people hold that against their people. But I had I came to a realization that my family ain't put me. Mm. Right. So mind you, I saw my mom. That's maturity, shot my bro. That's maturity. Yeah, my 
family ain't put me here. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. That's maturity. Don't get me wrong. It hurt me a lot. Because imagine me and you real cool, and every time visit come, you going. Your people come and see you. Mm-hmm. Free, man. Let me see the let me see the shoes. Because I used to buy shoes from people. Mm-hmm. Man, let me see the shoes, son. I might even get them jokes, man. Then I worked in the laundry. So all my clothes were pressed. Man, free, let me see the jeans. Ah, right, yeah, man, it's all up. But oh, they would rock your clothes and go see their family. Yeah, some of my partners would rock my, but it was cool. Right. But that would hurt me because like my people ain't coming to see me. I literally got two two visits on a whole 10-year jokes. Two visits. Wow. Real talk. Um, but you know, my mom's went to jail. She went to prison. So walk, 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 walk me back, because we're we okay. gonna go for it. I okay. promise y'all gonna okay. learn the stock game. Okay. <laughs> but I need this story, my brother. Okay. So like okay. so, so walk me from the beginning. Okay. Childhood. Uh so my mom's was a hustler, right? My mom was in the street. Um, whatever happened, something happened in her life that we still don't talk about. Um, where she got into women, mm. right? So literally, I've never I'm 38 this year. I've never seen my mother with a man mm. ever in my life. Did she ever have a conversation about your dad? We, we, we never. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's gangster, right? And I never... You've never talked about never, your dad. Never, no. So I'm going to tell you something. This is something I've never shared with people before, bro. So about three years ago, my mom's called me and she says, your dad is dying. I'm like, my daddy? Now, I got a daughter at this age. I'm like, my daddy? Man, I told my mom this. Man, get off my phone. She was like, free. Your daddy want to see you. And he dying. And I really told my mom this. You might bleep this out. I said, mom. Edit it. Edit it. Edit it out. Just in case the kids yeah, watching or something. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to say it, but okay. I'm saying you might. So I said, I'm going to be real with you, man. I don't need to see him. I said, because what I don't want him to do is clear up his spirit for not being there for me, and I have to live with so many unanswered questions. So what I'll do is, I'll let him die that way, and I can mm-hmm. live my life the way I need to live it, because I've learned how to be a great father by not having one. Mm. And she was like, you you can't go through life like that. I said, no, I can. I can, because I can't let you on your deathbed clear your slate, and I have to live the rest of my life with a million unanswered questions. Mm. So I'd rather just operate in this form. Wow. And I let him die like that. Wow. Real talk. And no part of you wants to nah. like see, know, maybe understand. Well, I wanted to, but what good would it, and I may be wrong, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but what would it do me now? Yeah. You gone. Yeah. Had you did that five, six years before you died on your deathbed, we could have probably worked that out. Yeah. Because now you had time to answer these questions I had. Yeah. But what good is it now on your deathbed? Mm. What, what, so what, so what, from your perspective, you're like, yo, he being selfish. He's being very selfish. You ain't thinking about me. Think about yourself. I, I, I can't argue with the perspective. You feel what I'm saying? So I was cool with that. But so I see, so my mom had a transition in her life. And at nine years old, I see her get shot. Like literally like from about 50 yards away. So and I'm you're s- nine years old. I'm nine. I'm sitting on a porch. Sitting on a porch. We lived in New Orleans. So my grandmother lived in the eight ward in New Orleans. And where we lived at, it was a, it was a, <laughs> a park and a graveyard. Right? So the park was... <laughs> weird place to put a park. <laughs> or a weird place to put a graveyard. I don't know which so, one came second, but... So, you got the park right here. Our house was on the corner. And then you had a graveyard, right? So the eight wall was like a real, like that's a rough area. You know, it was tough. Oh, that is a psychological thing right yeah. there, bro. Like for yeah. kids. Yeah, we used to play high go seat in the graveyard. Real talk. We used to play high go seat in the graveyard, man. So my mom was coming. I remember, I because I was sitting, I'm sitting out on the porch. You know, I used to always just be chilling on the porch at nighttime. Um, my mom would come swing through on me because she lived not far from me where we lived at. So we lived on a corner. She lived like eight blocks down where she had a trap house jumping for real. Really? Oh, uh, I used to go back and forth. Like, so that was my sense of normal. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. 
Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. So my grandmother would give me a normal life, right? She would try to compensate for the things my mother did. Mm. But my mother had this thing like, look, this is who I am. This is the way of the world. Yeah. Like, we talking the early 90s here. Crack epidemic in New Orleans. Cisco was like liquid crack. This was a drink. It's called mm -hmm. Cisco. People on embalming fluid. That's called clickums, right? Smoking embalming fluid. Yeah. So I used to call that clickums. So my mama was in the in that crack New Jack City epidemic that was going on, right? And so the mind, she still dealing with her issues. So she's a gay woman in 1993, 94, yo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the norm now, but we talking then where it wasn't the norm. Yeah. So she always had something to prove. Always. Like I watched my mom walk around with a big old pistol on her, bro. Like all the time. So I'm sitting on the porch, I'm chilling, man. And I see my mama coming across the park. And I see the 
dude walk behind, I see her turn around, and then I see the shots come out. Sometimes I see fire come out of the gun like this big, right? Hit her full time. It's crazy because I want you to think about the mindset of a nine-year-old at this time. Instead of me running scared, I know the protocol. Duck down, get low, wait till the bullet stop. Then we see which way we going. That's protocol. You bring that same mindset to another, like, you know, suburban America or something, they will go crazy. Yeah. Like, people in the hood, in the ghetto, bro, like, people don't understand that psychological yeah. thing that's going on in people's brain, bro. It ain't normal. Yeah. It ain't normal, bro. So, my grandfather comes, he jumps on me. Like, I'm like, man, that's my mama. You tripping? Somebody just shot my mama. And so, my grandmother, my grandmother comes, you know, we, we go over there, we get the ambulance. So, I literally saw my mom get shot. She still has the bullets in her. Then she got shot again. So, all together, she got shot two times, six times. Hold on. So, she survived this? She survived. And then she caught a attempt murder charge. And then she got shot again. How, what time? How, we like, talking what was the two time years. Period? So, between nine and 11, you see your mom get shot. Then you see her go away. Well, she don't go away. She beat the charge. My she grandmother helped her beat the charge. Then she gets shot again. Then, and she wound up going to prison because the police kicked her door in and found nine ounces of coke. She mm. don't tell them who it is, so she take the bid. At this point, I lose my mom and my grandmother because my grandmother dies from cancer. I watch that situation. My mom is in prison, and then I go home. It's all before the age of 16. So from 14 to 16, I'm living on the street. I'm living with my mom and girlfriend. My mom's right so your mom, letter. so she goes, she goes back, she goes to she prison. She goes to prison. Now she's doing she a goes, stretch. She goes to prison. For yeah. how long? Five. She goes to five. For five. Yes. So nine, 11, she goes. So so she's in prison from about 11 to 16 of your life. Yes. About, yep. Yep, yep. 17 pushing 18 mm. up in that area, somewhere up in that area. So where'd you live? Was your, you didn't stay with your grandfather? So this what happened. Him? Nah. So I'm living with my mama's girlfriend at the time. But look what my mama do. So again, she's dealing with issues. She writes her girlfriend a letter and her side girl a letter and get the letters mixed up. Mm. I get put out that day. You got to get up out of here. So that's what your mama want to do? You got to get up out of here. How old are you? 13, 14-ish. Where was your grandfather at this time? I wasn't rocking with it. I thought he was a buster. Mm. We had issues. Me and him never got along. We used to fight. We had issues. Real mm. issues. Yeah, real issues. Like, I used to, like we had real issues, me and him. I just didn't respect him. I ain't respect him. Hindsight, was you bugging? No, because yeah. I know the man's supposed to represent. I know the man's supposed to represent. He wasn't representing that. Because I saw the women in my life represent that. Yeah. I saw my mama be a hustler, and I saw my grandmother be a full-time entrepreneur. She bought a whole strip in New Orleans. Where she was the only one that could sell fruit there. She took us from the hood to another part of New Orleans, which was like like the Jeffersons moving on up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So she she went here, and she did that, and he leached on. He didn't lay down and not do nothing, but he didn't help. She dictated everything. Mm. While me, at a young age, I got to get up at 2. So my mom, my grandmother had a produce business. Right. So I would have to get up in the morning at 2 o'clock with her. We, she, she bought three trucks. Your mom we, or your grandma? My grandmother. grandma. We would drive from New Orleans to Mississippi, load the trucks up, drive back home. I would take a bath and go to school. Mm, goodness gracious. So you get kicked out. I get kicked out. What do you do? I hustle. So my mom had an apartment um, not too far from the lady house. She used to trap out. So she was going back and forth because they had issues. So I stayed in the apartment for a little while until the people came out of the apartment. So I figured out the lady was a hustler too. So I went hit her stash, right? And I hit for like $5,000. And so I was like, all right, cool. Like this, I'm gonna survive on. I know how to hustle. So I started running shop on my mama old house. I ran shop for a little while and then uh, it got too hot on me. Um, things started happening that I don't wanna talk about. So I wound up going to Delaware. I go to Delaware by my people out there. I 
still out there for like 90 days. How old are you? At this time now, I'm like four, I'm 14-ish, 14, 15-ish, somewhere up in there. Um, so I go to Delaware. I stay out there for like maybe like 45 days. Mm. Um, I start hustling out there. Um, a dude stole my bike out there. So I went, dealt with the situation. I was bugging. Was you going to school? <laughs> he said, okay, I was bugging. That one I was bugging. Right. Yo, but was you going to school? Yes, only the hustle though. And I was in a band. I was in a band in New Orleans. And the band is dope in New Orleans. Mm. Like, band is like... Yeah, yeah, almost like being in another city, being in a, on a football team. Right, right, right. So I'm in a band in New Orleans. We're going to the school, going to Kennedy, man. It's a dope school. Um, but I had too many issues going on to focus. I was on, I was in survival mode. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? And it seemed like everything was cool for me, but I was in survival mode, 100% survival mode. Um, so I go to Delaware with my uncle. He tries to take me in, right? But it's kind of hard to take something wild and domesticate. Yeah, it's hard yeah. because I'm dealing with too much trauma. Like I'm dealing with trauma. Like I used to have to. Um, Early on in my life, my mom had to, my grams had to put me in this, I had to go to a psychiatrist because I had to get migraine. And the, the psychiatrist told me that my mind was blocking the trauma and trying to function at the same time. And it was too, I was too young for it to determine which one to do. And it caused me to have migraine. Mm. So they literally had to take me out of my environment. So from, for like two years, I had to go live with these people. And I just connected with the girl on Facebook. The daughter was like, your name is such and such. She was like, yeah, I'm like, you might don't remember me, but y'all really helped me save my life. Wow. I had to, so on weekends, the psychiatrist said he even has to get out of your house. Like he needs to go to another environment. Mm. So I went, stayed with these people on weekends and their environment was like the Brady Bunch. Word. Like the daddy worked at NASA. Mm. The mama was a social worker. All their kids was in private school doing gymnastics and footballs and ballet. And I'm here like, what? <laughs> what is this? Where does all that come from? <laughs> right. Never seen this in my life. I don't even argue. Right. So, but it was refreshing for me. It was refreshing. Yeah, you just never seen it. I was comfortable. I got like, it was a sense of normalcy. Um, and my migraines went away. Mm. Environment is everything. Yeah. My migraines went away, man. Dang, that's crazy. All right, so fast forward to mm-hmm. like, how did you end up in prison for 10 years? In prison for 10 years. Yeah. All right, so I come back home from Delaware because I want it, right? Um, police come to my door. My uncle just kept a G with him. He was like, man, I don't know what y'all talking about. Because they had no name or nothing, he's like, bro, you got to go home. But they came, during, they came during the time you out with the Brady Bunch? No, no, no. I was in Delaware. So okay. I had uh, my uncle try to save me. Okay, I tell you, try, trying to take something domesticated, wow, and put it in a domestic situation. Yeah. Right? So... I go up with my uncle and immediately I get in the streets. Like I'm finding out I'm finding out where it's popping at. <laughs> Yo, and it's like w- once you know, like once you become something, no matter what environment you're in, you, you are. there. Yeah. So even when I would go by the Brady Bunch, it was just a f- time for me to relax. Right. <laughs> it was your days off. Yeah, it was my days off. Right. Um, so with Unc, you know, he was like, I want help. And I looked up to my uncle. Um, but this showed me the power of women in a relationship too. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. So I get out there. No, I, mean, I, never, I never forget this. Kings of Comedy came out. Mm-hmm. This that era. And my uncle and them, they go from Delaware, they go to Philly because that's where the Kings of Comedy is at. And so mm-hmm. my uncle tells me, Leon, don't, you know, don't do nothing I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, come on, uncle, you know I ain't gonna do that. But at this time, I had them bought me a pistol out there. I had them bought me some work out there. So I was like, ready. So I brought this female to the house. And while she at the house, we chilling. I'm in the back room cutting up crack, right? And my little cousin comes in. And she's like, uh-huh, you got a female in here? I don't know what that is, but that ain't right. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. I heard about that on TV like, somewhere. So I'm like, ah, so I'm trying to bribe her. Like, look, let me give you some money. Don't do nothing. So she like, her mom would come home. He tell her mom, I get my butt chewed out behind this. And so my, uh, I go to the park because my, my uncle's neighbor had let me see his bike so I can get around. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was in Delaware, um, I was good at um, this, this game called Game Day. It was on like the PlayStation when it first, first came out. Mm-hmm. So we used to go to Philly. I used to rock with some dudes. We used to go to Philly and play Game Day. I used to be like, I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. That's because I was sitting in the trap house and play the, the game all day. Right, right. Um, so I would make money doing that. Um, and then when we come back, I left my bike somewhere and somebody stole my bike. So I'm like, okay, I can't not tell this man I don't have his bike. Right? I'm just built like that. Yeah. So I found out the dude who took the bike and I just went crazy on it. Um, and some people saw it. They didn't know my name, but they was like, oh, the dude from New Orleans. So my uncle was the only people from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So the police come to the house looking for me. Like, I really bust the dude up bad. Like, mm-hmm. I bust him up real bad. Um, and so my uncle was like, bro, like, the police done came to my house. You got to Like, I got to go. You put me out, dog? Like, and so I fast out. That's the, everybody put me out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all don't tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? I go through that phase. So I come home and I move with my aunt, who is on drugs. So I used to chill by her. It's in Mid-City. So Mid-City in New Orleans is right across the tracks from Holly Grove, which is where, where Lil Wayne always talks about. That's how people know mm-hmm. it. But I grew up there. Like, I was going back and forth there even before. So when I come back home, I'm back in Mid-City. And my aunt is on drugs at the time. So it was like a free fall. Mm. Like, you just do what you want to do. What you want, yeah. Okay. Was you serving your aunt? She used to steal from me. Mm. So I didn't have to serve her. And she told me that was the price for living under her roof. Mm. Right. Can't argue with it. <laughs> All right. So um, me and her little, me and her daughter, which her name Muff, Muff is like my little sister because we grew up together. I grew mm. up protecting her. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I just I was getting out the mud in the streets, man. Mm. Um, and so the OGs in that in that era, they understood my position. And so they started giving me game. Like, look, you know, this what you gonna be, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody going to school and all that, it's cool. You're not going to school, this what you're going to be. So we're about to show you how to be this. Mm. And so I took that game and the game that my mama gave me and the game from my grandmother, and I started learning how to maneuver just in the streets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Taking L's, doing all kind of stuff. Um, so I got robbed one day. Um, dude robbed me out of four and a half and $1,800. Mm. Um, but it's a difference in the street from robbing somebody and jacking somebody. It's two different things, mm. right? I can take you robbing. I can't, I can't stomach you jacking. Explain the difference. So if you rob me... You don't let me see who you are. Right, right. The streets gotta tell me. Yeah. And if the streets don't tell me, then I gotta put two and two together, figure it out. But yeah. I can I can live with that. Yeah. But if you jack me, you right. coming with no face mask on. Right. You saying, This is who I am, you ain't gonna do nothing. Right. About me. <laughs> right. Oh, this is who I am, you gonna come see me. Right. Right? So you are now presented with a situation. Yeah. You can either address this situation because he's going to say, Yeah, yeah I robbed such and such, such. Yeah, I jack such and such. He'll beep, beep, beep. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Now you lunch for everybody. Now, see, you get it. Immediately <laughs> you, you get everybody. it. You lunch. So now, either I address this situation or I stop hustling, mm-hmm. right? For me, hustling it was all I knew. Mm-hmm. You dig? So I was like, all right. Did he rob you or jack you? He jacked me. Oh, he jacked He walked straight up on you. Well, what happened was I was in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So I used to get a hotel on weekends um, to just kind of like get away from everything and calm down. Yeah. So I was dealing with this female. I really got set up. So <laughs> New Orleans is just a dirty world, man. Yeah. Um, so we go in the hotel, I got the hotel, we go in the hotel and she was like, I'm hungry. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do Chinese food. Go get some Chinese food. So when I come to the door, when I open the 
door, dude put a Mac 11 to my face and grabbed me in the door. And was like, man, lay down. You know what it is. Now, usually when I would bring her to the hotel, again, I'm young. I, I know the game, but I don't know everything in the game. And so this is why experience on every level needs to happen. You can't skip steps, yeah. right? Real talk. On every level, you cannot skip steps in the learning process. Yeah. It, it, it's going to cost you. Yeah. It's going That's to right. cost you. Um, So I bring her to the hotel, but I used to always, when I would re-up, she would be, because I trusted her. So this is one of the reasons why I have trust issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would bring her to the room with me. Now, mind you, her mom was on crack. I paid their rent before and everything. Um, at 15. Right. 15, 16, I'm paying rent, everything. Right, right. So they bring me, in, I used to bring her to the room with me, and I would break my work down. She would smoke her weed. We would eat. We would just chill. Remind you, we 15, 16. Yeah. Feel me? We rent hotels. It's all love. Right, 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 for sure. So I guess, you know, it was one of those situations where, you know, we young. And I, as I get older now, I don't fault her. Yeah. Because you young, you see young. a dude. He's he, he showing he showing money. At this time, I was showing my money. You know, mm-hmm. again, I ain't got no lot of money, but you talking 98, 99. You walk around with five, six thousand dollars in your pocket. I'm 15. You, you can't lit. tell me nothing. <laughs> you lit. You can't tell me nothing, yo. Yeah. Hey, look, grown-ups these days with taxes hit. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> You get that little $5 check, you, you like, yo, I'm lit. what we doing? Yeah, so me, I'm every day. I'm 15, 16, 14. I got four, five thousand dollars on me every day. Mm. I got a Bieber. I got a Delta 88. Mm-hmm. I'm right. Yeah. I'm right. I got a bunch of G-Nikes and a whole bunch of baggy clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Unlimited <laughs> tall tees. I'm, I'm good, you know right. what I mean? I'm good. Right. So for her, she saw the money, and when she would go to her hood, you know, the talk happened. Mm. You know, girls talking. And so, you know, one thing led to another. And I don't know how that came about, but you know, I'm there. So when they get me in the room, the first thing they say is, man, where the work at? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I ain't got no work, dog. You tripping. So he cocked that bitch. <laughs> he like, man, don't play with me, dog. I will blow your brains out in this room, man. Up it. I'm like, bruh, I don't got nothing. He's like, dog, you playing with me? But he said something else. He like, you playing with me? You think I'm gonna kill you in this bitch, dog? I will kill you and her. So she like, free Leon, it's right there. And like, so now I felt like you really could have got me killed because you tell them where it's at. You tell them where the money is at. So they get that night and the dude look me in my face and I'm like, I should kill you. Mm. And so now I'm just looking at him like, I ain't scared though. Yeah. Because this crazy. I know this come with the game. Yeah. It's yeah. only a matter of when. Yeah. Because I done been on the other side of that pistol before. Yeah. yeah. You feel wow. me? Wow. Wow. You, can't... you feel Jeez. me? I done been on the other side of it. So yeah. I know it's only a matter of time yeah. before this happens. It's just when. Yeah. And to what extreme the person on the other side feel he needs to go to prove his point. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You feel me? Right. So I'm just like, I can't say nothing. So he walk out the door. I run to the car, I pull a pistol out, and in broad daylight, I'm busting up the street. Boom, 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 boom. I'm busting, and I go back in the room, and I'm like, you set me up. I should knock your shit loose. <laughs> Give me the edited version. You feel me? <laughs> I you like, look, look, Trap went back to that moment. Like, yo, I, I, felt I, felt, I felt it like that story took him back. <laughs> I'm all right to go there. I'm all right to go there, but you want to go there, though. You know you saw it in my face, family? <laughs> I'm glad we snapped him out of there because your know, trap was in that room. Facts. Right, did it, right Facts. that moment. So we get fast and man, I figure out who it was, man. Um, and I did what I had to do. Um, it wasn't so much about 
me doing it or not. It was about me letting people know I'm here. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, and we live in two worlds, man, where some people, will, people on the outside of the streets will never understand them. Yeah. But people on the streets, they understand those rules yeah. and they live by them. They, they, they base their life on them, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, that's why you'll never hear me tell people, like, and it may sound, because I've now transitioned into a leadership role, an influential role in mm. my life, but I still connect with them rules yeah. in so many ways. I'll never tell dudes get out the street. Yeah. And some people gonna judge me for that, and that's cool. It's because I know what their mindset is yeah. there. I know what it takes. I know why you there. Yeah. I know that dark space you in right there. Yeah. It's easy for somebody who's never been there to say, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. It's easy for people to say, go get a job. Yeah. Try telling an entrepreneur, go get a job. Right. After they've been an entrepreneur their whole life, you know what they're going to say? I will die before I go be able to go work for somebody else. Sure. I will max out every credit card. I will take out every loan. I will, do, yeah. I will sell yep. the tires. I will That's do everything fact. I got to do before I go work on that job again. It's the same thing as telling a hustler, yo, go get a job. This ain't worth it. Yeah. So for me, it's instead of me saying that, man, let me show you something else, family. Yeah. Because it's not so much as the hustle. I just You haven't shown me nothing else that can make up for this. Yeah. Not even yeah. the money-wise. You just said you haven't shown me nothing that can transition. All you're telling me is to go work for somebody. Yo, I ain't with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So how did you start to develop? So you have this... I guess fast forward, bringing us to to my man that's like telling you, yo, it's two different games we playing Bingo. right Bingo. That was the, you the master of the pivot. Mm. You the master of the pivot, dude. That was the pivot. Yeah. That was the, hmm. Did you never hear this type of conversation never. before? Like you could do something else? No, no, no. no. It wasn't even in an environment to to be connected. Yo, if you weren't, if if you didn't have that roommate at that, that cellmate at that time, you'll probably still be in the street. That's a fact. Because it's a great, I wouldn't say no, because when I went to prison, so you go from, I guess y'all would call it like the county jail. In New Orleans, it's called a parish, OPP. So you go from the parish jail to the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. I met some dope dudes in the prison system. Yeah. Like some brilliant dudes, bro. And they were on it. They weren't really into stocks like talking about it, but they were into, like my guy, Walter Ward, he was into real estate hard. I know dudes in prison that was on credit way then mm. talking about it like yo you got to get your credit right duh, 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 duh. credit books people that was talking about lending like i got one of my partners he was really trying to figure out how to be his own bank he was like yo like how Derek gracie is mm. like i know people in the prison that that been on it yeah right so i wouldn't say no but he showed me somebody who was vividly playing a different game yeah it's easy for me and you like you in here on a temp murder i'm on a murder charge you on a kidnapping charge and then we just run up on some dope knowledge and right. like yo this is <laughs> right, what you doing right right, right. All right, none of us ain't never did it, but right, this is right, what we doing. Right, but you can't Whereas, see from the outside. who did it? Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So that was, I wouldn't say no, but because I saw it, I knew it was possible. Yeah, for sure. But I still come home and get back in the streets. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. With all that that took place, we still come home and get back to doing what we do. Ten years later. This is what we do, man. This is what we what love. This is what we do. This is what we love. This Let is me what... ask you, for somebody in that position, mm-hmm. is it more so about opportunity like I don't have no I don't have no other way to make money this is what I know or is it the love of the game so it's a combination of both it's the same as somebody who plays football who rushed back after an injury because all they know is football mm. it's the same thing as a dude who raps or sings or entertainer who entertains and now you say do something else other than entertainment it comes a point where it's not about the money no more yeah. it's I love this yeah like Mitch said and I love the game yeah for me I'm gonna be real this whole 
social media, me educating people. This is the transition to the game for me. Yeah. What year did you get out? So I got home in 2007, two days before Christmas. 2007, you got out. December 22nd, 2007. When did you start taking stocks seriously? After I got found guilty in 2014. Out 2007. Mm-hmm. 2007 to 2014, you got you having a run. Oh, I had a good run. Good little run. Yeah, I had a good run. So I got found, I got found not guilty in 2010, and in 2014, another charge I had got overturned. So the first charge was they kicked in my door. In 2010. In 2010, they kicked in my door. They found um, eight pounds of weed, um, ten thousand dollars, a hundred pills, X pills, a mm-hmm. pint of lean, and uh, a foy with extended clip and a beam and a 223. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have a search warrant. Mm-hmm. Illegal search and seizure. They stopped me in a truck. I had an Escalade, 2007 Escalade at the time. And they didn't find nothing on me in a truck. And if y'all want to look at it, check my paperwork out. Leon Howe versus the state of Louisiana. Mm. Check my paperwork out. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Right. I ain't I'm good. <laughs> right. You hear me? <laughs> For sure. I'm For sure. good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, shout out my lawyer, man, John Fuller. He like a mentor. He like mm. a big brother to me, man. Yeah. Um, he's from Atlanta, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but he moved to New Orleans. Um, so they pulled me over my truck, but they couldn't find nothing on me. So what they did was, once you pull me over my truck, if you don't find nothing on me, you're supposed to let me go. Mm-hmm. But they wanted me so bad. They took me, and I'm not saying like I was a kingpin or nothing, but I just, from you know, doing what I do. Yeah. You know, police is designed just to lock you up. Yeah. They designed a locking on somebody, and their whole purpose is, I can get you, I need to make you flip on somebody else. Yeah. That's just how the game goes. Um, so when they kicked my, when they brought me to the house, they were like, who live right there? I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't live there. Mm-hmm. So they were like, all right, they beat me up. That's why I understand police boot Mm-hmm. Um, they beat me up in the back of the car to try to like they, they whooped the shit out of me in the back of the car but they didn't break nothing but they, they whooped my ass in the back of the car and they was like we can do this the easy way the hallway I was like man do it the hallway then cause I don't know no easy way that's when they bust me up in the back of the car mm-hmm. I still didn't say nothing so they kicked the door in mm-hmm. and it's crazy because when they kicked the door in it sit right there Boom, I had just got it right. just got it and they got the search warrant at like they kicked the door in at like 7 o'clock they got the search warrant at like 10.30 um, so it's supposed to they're supposed to throw it out but they didn't and it cost me like $60,000 I went broke fighting that charge. Mm. Like, dead broke. Um, so we get that charge. We get found our guilt on that charge. And then 2014, me and my, another, I had literally caught two charges back to back. But me and my partner was in a car together. He was like an OG from me. So I had just served him like a QP of weed. And um, he didn't have a ride. So I take him somewhere. Police pull us over. He a two-time loser. I can't let him get jammed up with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, in my mind, I'm like, all right, I don't got no drug charge. See, this is how you know the system. Yeah. I don't got no drug charges. So if, they, if I do get this charge, it's just going to be a probation charge, yeah. right? And so people are like, why would you do that? Like, bro, I'm already a convicted felon. Like, and, and it's crazy how the mindset goes. It's like, the worst they can do is give me probation. Right. Like, that's my mindset. Yeah. While somebody else like, probation? I don't want that. What is right, right. It? Like, bro, I already got Tim Murdoch and Robert on my jacket. What's probation? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So um, my lawyer was like, nah, we, we gonna fight that too because they didn't get it on me. They got it from underneath the car yeah. and not even on the driver's side, passenger side, mm-hmm. right? Y'all already said on the paperwork that y'all searched me, y'all searched the car, y'all didn't find nothing. Y'all came back to the car and looked under the car, right? So we don't know where, uh-uh. you ain't right, get it right. on me, but um, I couldn't let my bro, my bro fall for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Two-time loser, all drug charges, they're going to throw the book at him. Yeah. So I giant up in that situation. So, so you just took the charge? So you well, just said it's mine? I took the arrest. Just, gotcha, okay. Um, so um, don't necessarily mean it's yours. You, know, you still got to prove it in court. So how do you say that? Do you be like, all right, just take me? Well, because possession is not a tense of the law. And so they was like, one of y'all got to go to jail. And I was like, man, I'm going to take a ride for it. Yeah. But then we get in court, it's like, it's called uh, mental distress. Right. Man, I was under pressure, man. I was scared. <laughs> right, right. I got beat up by the police already. It's 9 o'clock 
10 o'clock at night, yo. Yeah. I'm not, nah, I'm gonna say anything. I won't get beat up. It's already on file to me getting beat up by the police before. Gotcha. Uh, so we did that. Sheesh, um, you got the same lawyer every time? Oh, I can't go to well. All my guys go to him. <laughs> Shout out to John Fuller, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, all my guys goes on. Yeah. Man, that's my guy, man. Um, but um, during that phase, I was like, all right, yo, we got to do something else. Mm-hmm. We can't keep beating. And I, this phase of my life, I'm broke. Yeah. So now I tell myself, all right, look, we're not going to hustle no more. We're going to ride. That's the alternative. 100%. I, I can't hustle no more. So, so like, going to college, never going to trade school, none of that popping. you like, yo, okay, I don't want to go to jail for trapping no more. I'm just going to rob people. Because we just going to rob trappers, though. We're not going to rob people. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Like, it's... No, no, no. We're, gonna, we're not going to rob people. OG, yeah. like, that's, that's, I'm going to be real with you, bro. Like, that's why I understand. I don't be understanding, like, this era so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I, under, I don't understand them, but I know why they move the way they move. Because they don't got no real OGs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't yeah. got no real OGs. That's a fact. Like, so OGs told me this in the game. Like, yo, you never rob a working man. He ain't signed up for that game. Yeah. But the minute you tell yourself... I'm going to sell a nickel bag, you become fair game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You're no real talk. That's crazy. So when you hustling, like, you, you're a target for not only not only the people that you're serving, but the competition and the law. No, 100%. And so people be mad. Like, people be like, Jack boys are haters. Is a shark a hater because he eat tuna fish? Part of the food chain, man. You part of the food chain, right. family. <laughs> Is a lion a hater because he see the hyena eating a zebra that he killed and he come over and take it? No, muscle up, right. man up. Yeah. Be a, this the game? Mm-hmm. This the game? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the what game. happened in this particular career? Like you feel what I'm saying? What happened in? It, okay, so right, now so I'm I, like, yo, I'm about, how long did this last? Um, from about 2012 to 14. 12 to 14. Yeah. So for two years, you make a living off robbing people, but then you still like in the game because. But I was working. I was doing iron work. Yeah. I was doing iron work. I'm not gonna put it out there like I was just in the streets. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, okay. But the thing about iron work was I didn't take it serious mm-hmm. because I knew I could make more money hustling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you rob somebody, you still trapping though. Like you still, yeah, still, in the hood. still hustling in the because you gotta sell what you just stole. Yeah, so if I hit some product, you know, I'll just like sell it to other hustlers. Like, yo, bro, look, I got this. Look, I'm gonna get off it for this because I don't want the product. Yeah. So here, like, all right, cool. So then, you know, dudes knew me for having like cheap product. Like, oh, free got the cheap product. Yeah. You know, you, it, it's so many people that that are like like you, brilliant. Not one hundred percent. Brilliant. Yeah. And if we trade the product, it'll yeah. be the same thing. Just how you're at Trapper University. Like I tell people this, bro. Real talk. My story. Like you may hear it and be like, "Yo, this is crazy." But I can literally name ten people that has a story even worse than mine. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people don't be understanding like the mindset that goes on in the streets. Yeah. Your brain, like realistically, in everybody, your brain is designed for survival. Yeah. For sure. Your brain, you have to alter your brain to run, do this, do that. You got to create that mindset. Out the gate, innate nature, your brain is designed for survival. Yeah. It's designed for it. Yeah. It's designed to do that. It's to keep you alive, to survive. Yeah. That's the brain's number one priority. Yeah. Real talk. So for me, and I say it all the time, like that's being in the street, bro, is, and I don't glorify it. It's just what I've been through. It's what I learned. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, people be like, man, I smile because I'm happy to no longer be a part of that. Yeah, it's a sure. blessing every day I get up. It's a blessing to be able to call Dave and I know my phone ain't tapped. <laughs> right. And if it was, you ain't doing I ain't nothing. I ain't doing You're nothing. Good. Dave, hit me on the burner phone, right. man. <laughs> I don't gotta do that. 
I can chill with my daughter. Yeah. I can live a good life. Um, so, so transitioning into becoming like the Wall Street trap. Okay, so. How did that happen? So, a lot of my partners, shout out my dog Greedy. He told me one day, he said, man, you're really a nerd in a street Dubai. Mm. He told me that. He said, you so smart, bro. Mm. The stuff, the conversations that we have, street dudes don't have. It's because I developed that in prison. Mm. Feel me? And then my friend, Akilah, um, she made a million dollars. She made her first million dollars in 2018. And uh, she was going through, not really financial problems, but she was putting some money in the stock market. Mm. And the financial advisor just wasn't doing the right thing with her. Mm. And so I start, I broke it down to her what she can do. Because you, you were learning this whole time. I was, I was never, because I loved it. For me, that was already the transition to the product. Yeah. Um. She was like, and so I broke it down to her what she can do and some questions she needed to tell her financial advisor. Woo, woo. Were you in the in the market? Oh at yeah. This point? yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. I started getting into the market 2014. Right. I started taking it serious. Like, really, like, let me put some money. Let me, I can do this shit. Mm. I done watched the white boys do it for so long. But I'm going to be real with you. I had a moment with myself. Uh, it's a serious moment. Me and my partner went hit this lick. God bless his soul, his spirit, man. We went hit a lick, and it didn't turn out right. He saved my life. And so we were supposed to get, like, $80,000. We wound up getting, like, $8,000. And I told him that moment, I said, man, that's a wrap, bro. Mm. It's a real testimony right here. My partner was like, bro, that's a part of the game. Every lick ain't gonna go right. That's a part of the game. So I don't even trip on that. I'm like, nah, this one ain't feel right. Mm. This one ain't feel right. I got found out guilty twice. Well, one time and then got another one overturned. I did the 10-year bid already. I almost got killed. I, I almost got kidnapped before twice. Mm. But this one, I was, it was, it was there. I said, this one ain't feel right. Mm. I'm good. I gave him the money, so he got the whole pot. I went home and I said, God, what you want me to do? What you want me to do? This is what I know how to do. You keep saving me. What you want me to do? Mm. And immediately, this thought came to my head: playing the wrong game. Mm. No lie. So you have you have this awakening, right? Um, and it's just based on a feeling. Like God put something in you that yeah. says, "All right, you've okay, yeah. you've got enough, enough for a testimony and right. a story to help other people." Right. And that's when you really start taking this serious. stock serious. Yeah. Start taking it serious. Because um, you're still welding right now. Yeah, I'm right? working in a, as an iron worker. Yeah. Um, I literally go take a job in Baton Rouge, um, which is right outside of Louisiana, building right outside of New Orleans, building a stadium. So that's how you do, build stadiums, build power plants, all that. Um, and so I saved up $17,000 and I said, I'm gone. Just like that. I said, I'm about to go to the eight. Saved up $17,000, I'm in going to months, Atlanta. Saved up $17,000, i am moving to the eight. I, fe- I found out they was building the Falcon Stadium, they was building a Brave Stadium, and they had three power plants they was adding on to our here. Mm. I said, I'm gone. This is how God threw the monkey wrench in the plan. Go home, pack all my stuff. Um, the girl I was with at the time, the day I moved, we found out she pregnant. Mm. So now I got to make a decision. Do you leave or do you stay? That was tough. Yeah. I bit the bullet. I said, I'm leaving. But I told her this. I'm not leaving you. I got you. But if I don't leave, I promise you I can't build a phone. Mm. I can't promise you I'm going to be here that long. And for her pregnancy, I didn't understand the hurt because she mm. lashed out. But I never responded because I had good people in my corner. She was hurt because she felt that I left her and I abandoned her. But I didn't. So sometimes what we don't realize in life is that in order for us to be great at anything, we got to get right with ourselves, yo. Yeah. We all got demons. We all got skeletons. We got to fight them first. Mm-hmm. I say walk with your fear. And then once you walk with it, you correct them. You get them right. Now you can tap into the next version of yourself. Yeah. I had to get with my demons, yo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Things I did, things I've seen. Like, I had to, like, battle those things, bro. For... What was it about Atlanta that you knew you had to get out of that? that you knew, or you just knew you had to get out of that environment? Well, I knew I had to get out of New Orleans, but I had a friend out here. Right. Um, I had kind of was dating her um, for 
for a while. Um, so you left the girl, you left your baby mom. No, 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 not to come be with a girl. I right. met her before this. I met her like 2011. Right. Um, she exposed me to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when our thing didn't flourish, we were still cool. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Atlanta used to have a lot of day parties and everything. So she used to be like, yo, come out here. She was like, yo, you need to move anyway, yo. Like, you always look happy when you out here. And I was like... Ah, yeah, I need to go. But at one time, I used to be like, well, I'm never leaving New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> not leaving New Orleans. Yeah. But when I reached that moment, I told her, I was like, yo, I think I'm about to move to the age. 2015. I Why didn't she come with you? My daughter, mama. Yeah. So what happens is people, New Orleans people are something, bro. If it wasn't for Katrina, a lot of people would have never even saw another city outside yeah, of New Orleans. That's right. But my daughter, mama, her and her family are so close. Like, they all live in the same proximity of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, seven of them live in one neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, Sure, sure, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, they all buy each other house yeah. all the time. And so for her, it was like, I'm not moving out there. Yeah. Like, none of my family out there. I'm going to by myself. And if we ain't working out, I'm going to be stuck out there. Right, right. I got you. Um, I got so... It was like, I got to go. Yeah. So you just come to Atlanta, and then you find the, the, the girl, she's having problems with her finances, and you tell her what to do with her money. Nah. So check this out. I come to the A, my daughter's mom, my daughter mom are pregnant. I get the job at the stadium. Mm-hmm. The stadium job really helped me out. Mm-hmm. I was making $2,500 a week. Ooh, lit, lit. It helped me out. That's when I knew God had me, because mm-hmm. I was now making hustle money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real with you. It felt like, it felt, yeah. So I'm going to tell you something that a lot of people ain't going to really believe. A lot of people that in the street that you see flashing money really not making no money. Mm-hmm. Because by the time they pay the connect back, by the time they re-up, they don't really have no money. Mm-hmm. Right? People that work nine to fives, a lot of times, make more money than the average hustler. Mm, I love it. I love it. 100%. Yeah. The difference is, so I use this analogy all the time. It look cooler. It, look, it looks cool. <laughs> it look cool, bro. It looks yeah. cool. The average hustler is really hustling backwards. Yeah. All he do is make sure he got enough money to re-up. Mm-hmm. Everything else, he blowing it. Yeah. So if he stop hustling the day tomorrow, he dead broke. Mm. Y'all hear that, kids? Real talk. <laughs> I love real it. talk. That's real talk. Yeah. Yo, it, look, I, I, I want to get so far. Like, there's, there's so much I want to ask in the story. But as, we got we we got to get to the game. We got to get. But I mean, but this this testimonial is just. I mean, I, I looking back on you know some of the people that I've been friends with. You know, a, a part of my journey. I'm seeing it as you're talking, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm connecting people that you're mentioning in your story mm-hmm. with people in my life, and I'm like, oh, that yeah. explains it. Yeah, that explains it. Man, the streets is a monster, man. Yeah, it's a monster. And the, and I, I had this conversation with one of my partners a while back, and I said it's crazy that we because we don't have like me you and Bree was talking about we don't have that relationship with money like that mm. right so nobody really gives us the rules so a lot of time a lot of us 70 80 percent of us freestyle our way through life yeah it's a fact it's a fact you freestyle but the thing about the streets is now you're freestyling with more risk yeah right so it's easy to freestyle when you got a nine to five you're doing a school you're doing a college nobody really taught you but you freestyling so the most you can do is be unemployed right <laughs> right right when you freestyling in the streets you learning on a go you can't make as many mistakes yeah because your life is always the ultimate price sure. you're going to pay. For sure. Your life and your freedom. That's always the ultimate price. Yeah. But here's the thing about the streets, though. You start to rationalize and make that understood. Mm-hmm. And so now, every day you get up, you say, okay, I'm cool with my life being on the line. All right, let's go get this bread. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you make that the norm, which mm-hmm. this should not be the norm. Right. <laughs> right. Bruh, once you cash your chips and you don't get them back. Right, for sure. So we made this the norm. So now we freestyle that way. Mind you, my freestyle cost me 10 years. Yeah. But picture this, some people freestyling through the streets 
it cost them their life, whether it's eight. I know dudes in jail with 250 years, bro. Mm. Real talk. I know dudes at 19, natural life. I know dudes with 18, 19 years old, 99 plus 50. I know them personally. I sit next to them. I'm 18 years old. I got 10 years. My man, 17 years old, he got 99. My other man, 22, he got 600 years. You know what I'm saying? My other man, he got, he went to the, he got to leave the, he got to leave state jail from doing 20 and then go to the feds and do 80 months. Like, I know people doing this time. I know my partner just came home two years ago. He literally did 25 years. He went to prison. When he went to jail, he just had a one month old. Mm. So his 25 year old didn't meet them until he came home. Goodness gracious. Like we freestyling, but the consequences, the stakes are so high. Mm. So we know. And the only solution you have for me is, hey, yo, go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. So working at a stadium was really like amazing for me mm. because then I'd be I'm getting real hustle. Yeah. But I was trading time for money, something yep. I knew my guy told me I shouldn't be able to do. Right. But I enjoyed it because I was doing something. This is how I rationalized. I'm doing something that everybody can't do. I'm building the Atlanta Falcon Stadium, bro. Yeah. yeah. You feel me? I'm yeah. building this thing. Man, everybody can't see they doing this. For thing. sure. For 500 sure. feet in the air, man. Talk to me, man. And while while you're doing this, you're obviously taking the money and trading. I'm putting it in the market. Putting it in the market. I learned how to do it. So, so walk, walk me through the education. All right, so prison built up. A lot of my stories revert back to prison. Yeah. Because that got to think about it. So now I've been home 13 years. Thir- 13 years this year? 13 years in December. Oh, so we got to ask ourselves this question. From maybe 12, 13 to 16, I'm, I'm in the streets figuring stuff out. That's a, that's a short times, man. Yeah. Then from 16 to 26, I'm in prison. Right. From 26 to 29, I'm in the streets, but then I start fighting charges. Right. Right? And then from 2014 to now, which is six years, I've now opened up and been like, okay, this is my life now. Let's get into um, education process. So you you learn, you developed the habit yeah, of reading, reading in, in prison. prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I developed that habit in prison. That's how I got really into it. So between my partner putting me on the rich dad, poor dad, I used to watch CNBC all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to just, and I hate to keep saying, but I used to see these white men talking about all this money. They had nothing to do with drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, yo, it's crazy. Right. Right? So I was like, all right. (laughs) Like, okay, right? And so I, 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 I thought I was to be the bookie. Mm. So I used to, you know, do numbers in prison. And keep you don't know what that is, you know, plays bets on the games. Mm. And so this dude named Kellogg, he was from Connecticut. Mm. So Kellogg used to get the USA Today paper, right? So that was a privilege, mm. right? Because we couldn't afford to get the USA Today paper. It's, yeah. It cost too much, right. right? But he was getting the USA Today. And I will always pay Kellogg for the sports section so I can get the numbers from Danny Sheridan. Yeah. Kellogg used to be like, free, you always watching CNBC on TV. I check you out. You need to start watching this business part. Mind you, the two introductions I have to investing in that come from two white people. Mm. Was Kellogg white? Yeah. My partner put me on Rich Dad Poor Dad. What was Kellogg in for? I don't know what Kellogg was in there for. <laughs> that's odd. Right, right. <laughs> I, yo, I would think that that's one of the conversations y'all had. I never asked Kellogg. Nah, actually, you don't ask people what they're in jail for. Really? Like in prison? Like once you get upstate, you don't be like, hey, yo, what you in for? Like you don't ask about it. No? Nah. Okay. okay. In, in, in parish or county jail, you may do that. Right. Like once you get upstate, like that'd be like, what you in here for? Like, nah, they're gonna be asking that shit. In the feds, it, it's different. But in like state prison, you don't really Why though? That. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get um, to this. Because this. in the feds, it's more organized crime. It's 
more state, like you could be in a feds, and so they got people from every state in there. Mm. So now you don't want to be associated with a rat gotcha. or a pedophile, right? So if you catch a federal charge, the first thing they want to see before you even uh, accept it, where your paperwork at? Mm. And you got a certain amount of time to produce that paperwork. If you don't produce that paperwork in a certain amount of time, you can't even live there. Hold on. You're talking about from the population. Yeah, you can't live. Are you going to live in PC? Because you got to realize in a federal prison, you got mob, you got real gangsters, you got real people. I don't want to be around no rat, dog. And most people in the feds are in it because somebody ratted on them. So if you a rat, they don't want you around. So what, what happens if you... You're going to either go live in a hole, you're going to tell the people, yo, I can't live here. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, I can't live here. Yeah. Or you're going to get killed. Yeah. And Atlanta is one of the most dangerous prisons, federal prisons in the world. Is it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can't do that. Like, mm. nobody, I don't care where you from. Like, Atlanta people, New Orleans people, you know, they, they you know, everybody do their own thing. States be together, like, yo... Where you from? Oh, let me see. You, I get that paperwork to us, family. Like you got like a week or uh, two months to get that paperwork to us. It's all love until you get that paperwork to us. Unless somebody call, unless I write somebody a letter and be like, hey, yo, such and such is coming with it. Oh, he a rat. You hear me? He a farmer. He a CI. Mm. Oh, no, you got to go, fam. Gotcha. No, okay. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? That's how they got to go. Nobody gotcha, don't live gotcha. around Nobody don't live around rats. For sure. For sure. So I build that and, and Kellogg put me on that. Mm. So Kellogg started me reading business section. Mm. And I was like, oh, this crazy. And we get it every day. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, yo, Kellogg, let me get that old business section, fam. Mm-hmm. He was like, all right, cool. So I started that, and then I was fascinated by Warren Buffett. I was like, this old-ass white man, bro. How you make all this money? <laughs> he ain't hustling. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, the funny thing is, you always compare everything to hustling. That's it. Like, that's the bar. That's the universal language. Right. Whether people know it or not. Yeah. That's the uni- That's why I never tell people not to hustle, but bro, I'm telling you, if you a hustler in the street, if you a hustler in the street, Sam, it's nothing you can't do in this world. Come on. Promise you that. Yeah. With little risk involved. Yeah. I sleep so good at night knowing nobody's after me. I ain't got to worry about police, nobody's setting me up, none of that. I live a good life. Yeah. And I still use my hustling rules. Yeah. Every hustler got a story. Sure. Every hustler. That's why I tell people all the time, my story may fascinate you, but to another hustler, that ain't nothing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That ain't nothing. Yeah. So I developed that mind. I've developed that. And the greatest thing I will say about prison is you can order all the books you want. Mm-hmm. They don't mind you all them books. Yeah. So you start ordering. Started getting books coming in. Mm. Started getting people. Like specific stock and investment nah, books nah, or nah, like nah. mindset? Mindset. Literacy. Uh, I went through the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. I went through Peter Lynch. I went through, I went through, but I was also on like a pro-black kick too. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Anthony Browder, um, Malcolm X. I was reading all this. Like I was like digging. Consuming. I was digging. Yeah. Um, but I was also into urban novels. So the first novel, the first book that really got me into reading was The Coldest Winter Ever. Mm. The first book that got me into reading. Wow. You dig? And then I went from there, true to the game. So I went through a whole cycle of reading everything. I was just like a machine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I developed the habit of just being able to take this book and just read it from start to finish in yeah. one day. Yeah. Not move, not eat, not do nothing. Just here, go in my locker, eat much, like there. Yeah. Um so remember when I told you I had this mindset like, yo, like you got to play a different game. Yeah. So immediately I click, okay, this is what we doing. Mm-hmm. So when I got out here, I was at peace. Gotcha. Like I was at peace. And did, did you, but before this, you weren't like heavy investing. When mm-hmm. did it click to say, yo, this is all I'm doing? So fast forward now, I used to tell my homies in the street about it mm. in New Orleans. Like I used to tell them about it all the time and they was clicking with it, but, but it was just like, I wasn't serious. Mm. I just understood it. Yeah. I wasn't serious with it. So about 2017 is when it got really serious mm. for me. Um, I understood the power of it. Mm. So it's a different when you want to do something and then when you tap into the power of it, mm. right? And when you tap into a shift has to be made. And again, all we know is consumerism. Yeah. I used to just be like, bro, like this ownership stuff really 
really dope. Yeah. Like I could go to Walmart and not really own that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it used to hit me different. Mm. And I was like, all right. And um, I remember the first stock I bought was Ford. Mm. And that was when I was just buying stuff. Like, oh, I won't buy that. Right, right. Oh, I won't buy that. The average, the ah, I won't buy that. Why don't you buy that? Until I realized like Ford was a bad business at the time. Like the company tanked on. And I didn't see the recovery happen. Mm-hmm. So I took a loss right now. What was the first major company that you invested in? What was the major first major investment that you made in a company? Um, Tesla. Tesla. What year was this? Uh... 18. So 2018, how much did you put in? 3,000 out. 3,000. And what made you do that? Um, I just thought um, cars with no engine and electricity was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was the wave of the Jets. Mm. I was like, yo, this by the wave. Do you remember what you bought it at? I don't. But I remember I, and when I did it, I also did an option on it. Because it wasn't just me investing. I bought an option on it. Yeah. That was the first time I put 3000 in one yeah. option call. I had learned what options was. And this was when... What are options? Just... So options are when you say that a stock is going to go up or down. Mm. And I bet that it was going to go down. It's called a put. Right. So it had happened was, this is when Elon Musk goes on a Joe Rogan show and smokes the weed. Ah. You put the option on before he did that? I put the option on when he did it. When, like as soon as he did it. When that came out, I said, oh, this is about that. Because I, I used to watch YouTube. I was a YouTube fanatic. Yeah. The only thing I watched on watch was The Wire, mm-hmm. CNBC, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. I used to love watching, because I used to watch old Warren Buffett videos. Mm-hmm. That was my thing. Like I would get on YouTube and watch Warren Buffett videos, Peter Lynch videos. And so I was watching on YouTube. I said, oh. I said, oh, this is about to happen. Because I understood the metrics of the game. See, I tell people all the time, learn the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the rules of the game, you know what drives a stock, what takes away from a stock. So I remember I bought these three thousand, I bought three thousand dollars worth of um put options mm-hmm. on Tesla. And I made twenty five hundred dollars in two days. Wow. And I was like, what is that? No, I could have let it, if I don't let it ride, I could have been a millionaire. Mm. I could have been a millionaire. Cause that sucker tanked when he did that. But wow. I made it twenty five hundred, I sold my options, and I was like, yo, this I'm here for life. Done. I'm here for life, yo. Yeah. Like, we ain't changing this. Right. Um, but I really started taking this serious about 2015, 16, mm-hmm. when I started really like saying, oh, this is, oh, we don't know nothing about this. Yeah. This is the game. Yeah. This is the game my man was telling you about. I was like, oh, this the game. Yeah. Because I was able to do it from a place of comfort. And not distress or anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. I was able to do it. For, I was able <clears> to go to my loft that I lived in downtown and be comfortable. This is my first time ever having a luxury apartment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was able to go to my apartment and be like, yo. It's a dope ass apartment. Mm-hmm. Like I fell in love with Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Oh, I can focus." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to focus and buckle down and see it. And I was like, "Oh, this the game. Yeah. This is just like hustling. Yeah. This is exactly like hustling. Right. It ain't and, no different." And at what point did you start to teach it? So I used to go back home mm-hmm. and talk to my partners. Right. We used to have these conversations, and then when they would come out here to the A, I would have conversations with them. I'd be like, "Yo, y'all need to come out here, dog." And so when my partners used to come out here. They used to feel it. They used to be like, "Yo." It's love out here. Yeah. So it's easy to teach somebody when they not in the environment. Yeah, for sure. Because they're receptive to it. Yeah. Because we ain't worrying about everything that come yeah. with it. Yeah. So I would be like, yo, man, check this out, man. Look what I'm doing. And they'll be like, oh, that's crazy. And I would go back to New Orleans. I would go holler at my family. And they, like, I had my family on it. Like, we used to be on it. Me and my cousin, he was a crane operator. Mm. He used to text me all the time, yo, we making, I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm doing this. You know what I mean? And so I saw my people getting into it. And I was like, oh, if I can teach hustle what I come from, who all like me, if I can teach them and if I can teach my family, I can teach anybody. Yeah. Now I just got 
gotta retain more information. Yeah. I gotta keep retaining the information, right? And because uh, it's easy to know something and try to teach it. Yeah. But it's easy to learn, but it's better to learn it, understand it. When I started this business, bro, I didn't sell nothing for six to eight months. You didn't sell like no classes, courses, nothing. I didn't even drop my first course till I was out. Let me see. So I dropped when I started this business in 2018, I didn't drop a course till 2019, July. Mm, dang. So you running up on a year anniversary. Uh so now I'm almost two years. So well, well, from your selling, first sale. From selling yeah. June of June, July will be my June 28th is when I dropped my first course. So how many people do you have in your course? Uh, well, I know you got a couple of parts because one, you got the course that people buy yeah. and then you got the community. Yeah. So, so we have 1,600 people in Trappers and 1,600 people. Yeah. So that's the private group where just last night, man, we had an amazing book club. Mm -hmm. um, so we do book clubs. We do, um, we have different days of the week where we do different things. Uh, we break down stocks together. Mm -hmm. We uh, inform them on things that's happening in the market that we need to be aware of. Yeah. Um, things that I don't do on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like if you're a part of this group, you committing to it, yeah. right? So it's easy for you to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to take the course. I'm going to buy the course. Right. That's cool. You can learn on your own. No problem with that. When you get in a group, you say, I'm committed to it. Yeah. So if you're going to commit to it, then I'm going to bless you with my commitment to you. Gotcha. I'm a, I won't build that lifetime value with us. And what, what, co what comes with the course? So the course, the course, you had a Wall Street Trapping course. Yeah. So the Wall Street Trapping course teaches people how to analyze and how to break down stocks, the fundamentals, balance sheets, income statement. It teaches us about moats. It teaches us about management. It teaches us about just the things we need to learn. I even give examples on um, how you can invest a thousand dollars. You know, finding that balance mm. in your portfolio. So the Wall Street Chapman course is really dope. I, I will attest to. All right, so let me give you my my, my short Come little on, testimony. Okay. <laughs> so I I mean, you hear stop and for real, for real, it was two thousand. I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. No, I was working at Olive Garden at this point. It had to be two thousand. I left two thousand twelve. You know, it had to be like two thousand four, two thousand. And I'm, I'm going through this transformation of like just Jim Rohn changed my life. I'm no, just, I love it. that's the goat. That's bro, the goat. He the goat. He's he, yo. There's nothing he said that I haven't seen. Right, no, bro. I'm talking about right. like he changed my life. So I'm going on this just 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 transformation. So I'm buying stuff like uh, at that point, Rich Dad Poor. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump wrote a book, and I bought it. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand a word of it. Mm -hmm. I'm reading it, and I'm like, I don't understand it. But like, I, I'm just trying to consume. And I used to watch Kramer. Jim Cramer. I didn't know what he was talking about, right. but I was like, I just felt smarter. Like, yeah. just watching he the joint, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, companies, he bought this, he's saying, but, but I never did anything with it. So I meet you, and it just, it brought me back to that hunger of information, of mm -hmm. wanting to be a, wanting to be in that in crowd of the wealthy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So once you start talking about stocks, and yo, it's easy to do this, yo, set up, set up the account, do that, put this in there. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So anything you say, I do it. So I put in, <laughs> I put in five thousand right Talk now to this day, and it's only been what? I'm about to say what? A month and a half, two months? Yeah, about two months, two months. Um, yeah. So the account grew. I put five thousand cash in, and we're at like seventy two. Is that seventy two, seventy three hundred today? And then I got another seventy five hundred mm -hmm. in uh, in Amazon. Mm -hmm. But to watch money go from five thousand to make twenty two hundred dollars in two months without doing nothing, I didn't have to. Sell, no, I had to recruit nobody. I had to sell no product. Cold I had to make nothing. no videos. I had to like do no events. I had to run no ads. Like, the, it really let me know, like, the power, the power of this thing. No, it's powerful, man. Yeah, it's, it's bro, you the goat, bro. It's a shift. Let me ask you how many students, um, and I guess you wouldn't be able to quantify like certain success.
success right. stories. Now, I, I'm going to say this. Easily over 2,000. Mm. Easy. Easy. For me, that's where the real wealth, that's where the real wealth is at. It's not mm. about the money, right? I'm a hustler, fam. I'm going to make money. For me, it's about something bigger than myself. Mm. It's about somebody who never even thought they can do it. Now, walking up the street like, that company got too much debt. I ain't investing in that. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm so bougie out here when somebody <laughs> starts talking about a company. They say something like, yo, a Delta fly. And I'm like, actually, hold on. Yeah. You haven't told me a little something me? about Delta. You feel me? Yeah. So for me, that's what my real wealth is. Yeah. Because let's be real. The money, and I tell people, money is worthless. It ain't even worth the dollar that it's on. Hmm. Like this dollar bill with one of my pockets, man, whatever the money at, is the paper that it's on is worth more than the actual dollar. Hmm. So why are we cherishing that? Yeah. Why are we chasing something that's worthless? America is $25 trillion in the hole. Why are we chasing this dollar bill? Hmm. It ain't worth nothing. So yeah. for me, what's more important is your wealth in the stock market will fall ever be associated with me. Oh, for sure, bro. You got 2,000 of us. You feel me? In the stock market. You feel me? That's powerful. So now what happens is because I have now introduced you to that mm. and then you learn it, something may happen for me later on in my life and I may run across you and you might be like, Trap, you're good. I'm like, yeah. You're like, you know what, Trap, man? I got you, bro. I remember what you did for me 20 years ago. Yeah. It, it helped me on this level of my life. Yeah. That's wealthy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's relationship equity. Yeah. That's worth more than money. For sure, for sure. Somebody that's like out there, they're like, yo, okay, I heard about that. Like, how do I get in? Mm -hmm. How do you start? First off, you can get, like, just click. I'm putting the tag in this um, here where you can like get the course. I'm telling you guys, I'm not trying to sell y'all a course. I'm telling you, get the course. Get yeah. the Wall Street Travel course. Join the community. It's like the first step to true wealth creation. I'm not talking about somebody that got a business and you're doing 100000 That ain't wealth. You just know how to make some money. Yeah. But when your money starts to make you money, mm -hmm. that's different. Mm -hmm. That's different. I don't, mm -hmm. yo, you could be making $500,000 a year, a million dollars a year. You're not wealthy if you got to go out and do it again next year. Facts. So, so, so how would, obviously, we get the course, we get the education. Where do we start? So the, what, what I like to tell my students is let's start with three things. Where we spend our money at, mm -hmm. where we work at, and household products, right? Because that's easy for us to understand. I have these rules. I said it's R-U-L-E-S. R means reason. Why am I investing in the mm -hmm. business? U, how do I understand the business? L, does the business have longevity? Mm -hmm. E, can the business expand? And S, is it simple? Mm -hmm. Simple. Simplest, simplicity. We don't have to be. One of the problems is people think they got to look for the next greatest company. Right. I'm trying to make my money make $50,000 in two days. Nah, that ain't it. Mm. It's a long game. So you start there because it's easy. And then what we need to do is we need to understand this. So people always ask this question to me. Which one of these brokerages accounts are not a scam? Mm. Right? So it's kind of like me telling you which bank is better than which bank. Mm. They all do the same thing. Yeah. Some just have different perks than others. Mm -hmm. Find which one. People are lazy learners. Yeah. Write them down. You can simply go to Google and say top five investing accounts of brokerages. Mm. And then you write them five down and then you call each every last one of them because it's their job yeah. to explain to you their business. Mm -hmm. That's too much like work. That's too much like right. <laughs> but that's literally what I did yeah. until I got on with TD Ameritrade and they made more sense to me. Mm -hmm. They explained the business to me. But one thing I loved about TD Ameritrade and I'm not getting no money from them, but the lady literally explained the whole platform to me. Mm -hmm. 
And if I'm gonna put my money here, I need to make sure I can call somebody and talk to them about it. Yeah, not email right. you, yeah. right? So start an account um, and start looking for, not investing in, but start looking at businesses that you use every day. Yeah. If you know you go to Walmart four times a week, you need to own that. Yeah. Don't even try to look for the value plays in the beginning. Mm. In the beginning, you just gonna get your feet wet, yeah. right? You know you go to, uh, you know you shop at uh, Target. You know you're addicted to Target. Mm-hmm. Buy that business, yo. Yeah. If you if you in real estate, you know you always go to Home Depot and Lowe's. Buy that business, yo. Start yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Going going deeper, and I, I know you go through this in your course, but the, the education. Mm-hmm. What are the things that? What are like the, the things that we as beginners? Because you just gave us the formula. Mm-hmm. What do we look at, at next? Okay, I shot with it. What is the next thing you try to look at? Fundamentals. No, before I go there, I want to look at management. And I just talked to some my group about this last night. I don't care about the stock price at all. Because the stock price only tells me how people feel about a business. If people feel good about the business, they buy a lot of the stock. The stock price goes up. People feel bad about a business or they discouraged about a business, mm. they sell the stock. The stock price goes down. That tells me nothing about the business. Mm. That just tells me how people feel about it. Right. I could care less how people feel about it. Because the value is in the business itself. Mm. So what I want to do is I want to look at the management. Mm. I want to look at the head. How you make me feel about the business. Gotcha, gotcha. You feel me? Gotcha. If I'm going to buy that Vibe called Blessed Shirt and I'm going to be real with you, I need to know who is Dave first? Right. Does he really feel blessed? Or was this just a cool design he came up with? <laughs> oh, you talking good out here, bro. That's so real. Because there's a lot of people that start companies because it's a good idea, yeah. but they not eating their own cooking. No, no, no. 100%. Mm-hmm. So if Dave rock, if he, if I, and I've noticed that, Dave like, yo, you one of them, you one of the most wealthy people I know, bro, <laughs> from your spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he believed. Yo, I need one of them shirts, fam. Because yeah. I, I, I bought in. So, and I want people to understand that when we buy stocks, we're not just buying like a piece of paper or something. You literally a business owner now. Mm. I tell people all the time, like, I don't buy, I buy businesses, fam. Mm. I buy businesses. That's what we doing. Yeah. So now when I walk around, I own waste management. When I walk around, I see them green trash trucks. Or when I see them green dumpsters, I be like, look at all that money. <laughs> look at all that money. Yeah. So that's what we need to look at before we even look at the stock price because when we look at price innately we gonna already come up with a mind that's too high. Yeah. I'm waiting on a pullback. You don't even yeah. know when a pullback gonna come. I'm gonna wait till the next market crash. When that's gonna crash, fam? Tell right. me. Rub your bottle for me. Rub your. <laughs> let me know so I can be ready. You know when it's gonna happen? Right. Well, all right, cool. Right, so right. I ain't even looking at the stock price. I want to dig into management first, mm-hmm. man. I want to see how they feel. I want to see how much of the business do you own. I got a rule. I want the owner to own at least 30% of the business. Mm. I want him to have at least 30% of them shares, yo. I want him to be in there. I want you to show me you committed. Wow. Because if you committed, then I can rock with you. But if you got 10,000 shares of the business, you ain't committed. Mm. Meaning you can walk away. You can walk away. But if you own 200,000, right. you own 1 million shares, or you committed. Yeah. Let's Rock. That makes perfect sense. That's right. You committed. You into it. I want to know how you got into the business. Mm. Did you? Did, did you? Are you a founder? I love to invest in a business where the founder still running, like Facebook. Mark, that's his business. Yeah. You committed. Yeah. I like Tesla. Why Elon? It's his business. Even though you ain't gonna understand everything he does, but the sheep don't always understand the moves of the shepherd. Yeah. But you committed. Yeah. So you gonna make moves. You gonna say stuff out of passion. While everybody else think you crazy, man, it's my business, man. I'm running this. Mm. You committed. Did you come from the bottom? Bottom up. Like, if you're not the founder, how did you get that CEO job? Have you been with the company 10, 15 years? Did you start as the operations manager, move your way up to a COO? See, did you move up the chain? Mm-hmm. Or did, if you did come from another 
other business. What did you do at the other business? Yeah. I need to know all that. I need to know how the business performed before you, after you. What value did you bring to the business? All this got to happen before I even look at the stock price, fam. Before mm. I even look at the fundamentals and the financials. I need to know. I need to feel build the identity on the business. Dang, that's deep, bro. <laughs> that's heavy. Yo, and I want to, uh, and we, 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 we go and wrap up, but when I think of generational wealth, I truly think of you. Thank you know you, why? Man. Because, like, you always talk about, you never really talk about what is your your investment account is, but you always talk about how you're building up your daughter's mm-hmm. account. How old's your daughter? Four. Four years old. How much money does she have in the stock market at, the, to, at this point? Mm, I want to say 52000 So she she got 52000 in the, I'm in the stock market. I'm about to so people can know we ain't playing. How do, how do you play it in, in terms of when does she get it? Um, 18, but every state is different. Um, every state is different. Um, so you can look at it. It's my daughter right here. That's our account. Sheesh. Golly. That's our account, bro. And how much would you say that you put in for her account? She, I have come, contributed probably about 30,000, mm. 30, 30, 35,000, so up and down. And she's a little over 50,000 right now. Mm. So, so you put in about 30, 35, and mm-hmm. she's at 50. So, mm-hmm. like 15 to 20 grand. Man, she killing. Sometimes I get look at her account and get like, damn, she killing me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it's a reason why I do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real with you um, because it's not about me. Yeah. That's why I said the generational, because yeah. she, she don't even know. Nah, she don't even understand. Like, by the time she turns, 18, her daddy set her up for life. Yeah. Um, and I do that for a reason. Even on my um, um, when I post it, I never post my account. I never even talk about my account because that's not important. People mm. always be like, show me your account. Why? Mm. Why should I have to show you my account to prove to you what I'm doing? Mm. My information should be enough. Yeah, look, my account proves that you, you know what you're doing. You feel me? <laughs> but what I will do is say, okay, here's my daughter. Mm. Right? Here's my daughter. So what I want to show you is it ain't never about me. Yeah. The wealth that we build should never be about us. Mm. That's a, one of the main problems that people people have, everything is about them. Mm -hmm. So because you want to live your best life, right? Because you want to show people what you have, you don't even have an idea of what wealth is. The only idea of wealth that you have is what entertainment and TV has shown you. Mm -hmm. So you buy into that narrative. Mm -hmm. So because we've bought into that, now we don't know how to separate from that. Or if we do, we now tell our kids, oh, you got to have this. Man, I go to Walmart for my child, Target for Mm -hmm. my child. You know, I buy some stuff from Zara for my child. We don't got to have all that expensive stuff, yo. It's, it don't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's the people that ain't got it. They got to show people that they I got it. I ain't tripping on that. Yeah. My daughter, listen, my daughter will put some light up shoes on and be like, I want Lit. them. <laughs> right. Like, All right. yeah. So for me, it's about, okay, let me build her wealth. Yeah. Right. Let, let me put, because this is the thing. If I put 10 of us in a room, how many of us can honestly say our people had the conversation with us about wealth? Mm. And we know for sure that when they pass on, they left us something. That's real. By the time she's 18, what do you, where would your target big. I mean, that's 14 years. And I you, want her to be. That's gonna be. That's yeah. like that's 14, bro. You did that in four years. Two, two years. Two, because I started when she was two. I started when she was two. So where, where, where would you like to see? I mean, where would you like to see your daughters like when she graduate high school, 18th birthday? Um, what would you like to present to her? So or let her know what she has. I don't want it to be a number amount because mm. that'll be putting a cap on it. Because yeah. I truly believe that the, what we speak comes out. That's a fact. So I don't want I don't want it to be that. But what I do want her to be at when she graduate, I want her to know that she has the opportunity to literally do whatever she wants mm. in this world. She can explore this world, right? She can fail at something, uh, not fail, but she can 
get into something and then not go her way and don't feel devastated. See, this is what happens with us. A lot of times, even us as young, I just told you at 14, I was paying rent. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. So what happens to us is how many times us as, you know, we've seen people, parents tell them, oh, you got to get out of my house. Yeah. Or you got a baby or you got to come up out of my house. I want my daughter at 18 to know, man, I'm good. I want her to know she's privileged but not entitled. Mm, explain it. So what happens is entitlement is a different type of monster, yeah. right? When you feel like you're entitled to something, you feel like the world owe you. Yeah. Or you feel like this is for you no matter what. Privilege, understand that I've been blessed with a unique opportunity here. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't have to work that for. That I didn't have to work for. And I need to, I, one of the things I would tell my, my daughter is, I say words to her. She say, I'll say, what's grateful? She'll give me the definition. What's respect? Yeah. What's integrity? Doing the right thing when nobody ain't looking. Right? So I want my daughter to understand that she's privileged but not entitled, right? So when she makes 18, I want her to say, okay, I can explore this world. I ain't got to go run and get a job. Mm-hmm. I ain't got to worry about trying to get a second job to help my mama out. Nah, my daddy took care of that for me. He gave me the opportunity to be an 18-year-old instead of being 18 going on 35. Yeah. We don't have, a lot of us don't have that. Nah. Right? A lot of times, you know, we can't always pursue our dream because, man, we got to help mama out. Yeah. Uh, we got to help daddy out. Uh, I got to help my, li- I got to be a father to my little sister because daddy wasn't there. Right. right? We got so many situations that we got to do. So we very rare have the situation where, man, I could just be an 18-year-old. Right, right. But when we look at certain things, I was looking at this show, man. Um, I just got into this show called... Uh all American, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I saw that, like these privileged kids, man, they were able to live life at like 16, 17, and 18. And I'm like, yo, how? Yeah. And the dude was from the hood, he was like, yo, y'all, y'all don't get it. Yeah. Like, you're privileged, but you feel entitled. Mm. You feel me? You entitled because an 18 year old from the hood not gonna bark up on the police. Mm-hmm. He gotta tell him, like, yo, like, don't say nothing, fam. Like, we know police protocol. Yeah. Hands on the steering wheel, no officer. Even if you don't say necessary, no officer. Yes, he 18, like, man, what you doing? I ain't getting my hand on call. You know who my mom is it's entitlement. Mm, look, man, I, I, I want to. Uh, we gotta. We gotta wrap up. Sure. Um, we definitely gotta have a part two for whenever, sure. Whenever, yeah, it, we, we, in a few months, <laughs> let's just have it another one because, <laughs> yo, the game is endless. If you ever. Uh, been on Wall Street Trappers Live or if you're in this course or um, right. you just get a chance to meet Wall Street Trapper, you will know what I'm talking about. Right. It's endless and he's <laughs> so willing to give it away. Right. So um, I, I got to ask this question, man. Um, we can't. I like to make predictions on the show. Okay. I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to ten years so that when we're watching this five to ten years from today, I can say, yo, I got the video. Wall Street Trapper said he was going to be doing that. And he, look, look. Right. Right. He said it. We saw it. We had it on, on tape. Right. Um, I never like to limit myself. Mm-hmm. What I would like to say is within the next five years, man, I want to make wealth building through socks, stocks, the norm, and I won't be the face of that. Mm-hmm. I, won't be, I want it to be a household conversation. I want us to start having dinner as a family and we talking about stocks. We talking mm-hmm. about financial literacy. I want to be the face of that. Yeah. Like, I want to make that norm. I want to make every hustler in every hood. If I can't tell you stop hustling, I do want to show you what you can do with your hustle money. Mm-hmm. I want to be the face of that. I want to be the face of change in a component to where we talking about stocks every day, all day, to where everybody walking up the street like, oh, yo, you own Walmart? Oh, me too. Yeah. That's the conversation, right? I want I want to force that change. I want to push that narrative. So for me, that's I want to be the face of that. That's ill, bro. I want to be and, the face of that. And it, it, what's so dope is when you paint the picture, I can see it right now. I'm like, yo, follow me on Instagram. It's, and that's the conversation. Did you see this on Shade Room? Right. But we might be at a networking event like, yo, did you see See what Apple just done. Microsoft. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want to be the yeah. face of. That's what I, I want. It. I want it to be um, 
the norm. Mm-hmm. I want us to feel what ownership feels. Mm-hmm. We know what it feels like to be consumers. Mm-hmm. I want us to feel what it's like to you know what ownership is. And this the introduction. It, I'm not saying it's the this the end all be all. I'm not saying that you just gonna buy stocks. That's it. But it's a great introduction because what happens is once you start buying stocks, because you start studying business, yeah. you start learning how to run a business. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much about my business from watching the best CEOs in the world, mm-hmm. applying those strategies to my business, uh, learning how to negotiate because mm-hmm. I've watched them negotiate deals, to negotiating deals. And so I say this one all the time, and I don't know if people, I say if two people do a negotiation and, and if everybody felt like they got what they wanted without sacrificing, you would have sucker in a deal. Mm. You would have sucker in a deal. So if I come to you with a situation, I say, look, let, you know, let's make a deal. And I feel like ah, I ain't have to sacrifice nothing. Dave got it. Mm. So how do, you, how do you describe a good deal? Somebody has to sacrifice. Both parties have to sacrifice. We can still get what we want, but not exactly what we want. It has to be a... I have to make you say, because in any deal, you already got in your mind what you want to come out this deal with. It's just, it is what it is. Any deal. If you go to a real estate deal, if I just want a date, I'm already saying to myself, I'm going to buy this phone from Dave for $50, and I'm willing to give this up. So if I go to Dave and be like, yo, let me give you $50 for that phone, you be like, okay, cool. Boom. You the sucker. I got it. Because I came in here with a, already know what I want to do. Yeah, even if in my mind, I was like, oh, $50, I'll sell, no problem. Yeah. Whatever, whatever counter at. Nah, Travis, like, I'll get to you for 55 but you got to do this. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, now the true negotiation comes in. The true order of war, the true engagement comes in now. When my already plan, now it has to be altered. Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. When you counter me, you punch me in my mouth. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And that's what a good fight looks like. That's what, a, that's what it is. So that's when the real nigga, that's when a business deal happens. Mm-hmm. So if I go into a business deal and I get exactly what I want, either I was the sucker or he was the sucker, but somebody was the sucker. <laughs> either he sold me some trash right. that I put a value on mm-hmm. or I finessed him. Mm-hmm. But if we got to negotiate, if I got to, oh, I ain't prepared for this, now I got to act on the fly, oh yeah, we doing business now. And that may not be right, it may not, but that's how I feel. I love it. You feel I, me? I love this whole dialogue. <laughs> Wall Street Trapper, man. Please tell the people. First off, I need y'all. I need y'all to get the course, okay? Like, Fact. if you're listening to this right now and you add some value, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't cosign people mm. unless I know for a fact that they are what it is. Mm. I don't just cosign nobody, right? Yo, and I, I'll interview somebody if they got a dope story. Yo, that's what's up. But when I when I say, listen, I will put my stamp on <laughs> this right here. I believe in it. So Thanks. get the course. Um, and uh, I, I mean, it's just just a wealth of knowledge that's being connected to you. Man. Um, so please let the people know how to uh, contact you. Oh, uh, man. Uh, so wall underscore street underscore trap on Instagram. Wall underscore street underscore trap on Instagram. And we wall street trap on YouTube. Check out my trapping Tuesdays every Tuesday at 7.30 central time. Man, we just break down um, up-to-date stock market events. Um, I answer a lot of questions live in there. Um, just to give, and it's me never selling nothing on there. I'm always in the um, form of giving value yeah. to people. Um, I feel like when people can't get values because they don't know enough. Yeah. I feel like my Clip is always loaded over always. there, yo. You feel me? <laughs> that's that's why we've been so long. This is the longest interview I've ever had in my life. It don't, and if we could do another facts. five hours. That's facts. Straight. That's Easy. Facts. So um, look, click the link below. Get in the course. Um, we might have a we we'll have a promo code somewhere for you. Yeah, we we'll have a promo yeah, code. We'll, we'll set do that. something up. Um, uh, just take care of y'all out there. So make sure you follow my man Wall Street Trapper. I need you to like. 
let him know, yo, I saw you on an interview, and if he if he changed your life, if he really resonated with you, I don't want you to just say, yo, that was good. I want you to DM him. Yeah. Yo, that really helped me. Yeah. Yo, that part of your story. Yo, yeah. I, I I I can relate. Don't just love somebody from afar, man. Show right. love in their face, and that's what keeps us going, man. It's nah. all the comments to say. I know what keeps you going is, yo, when, yo, my account went from this mm-hmm. to this. Yo, I invested in this. Yo, mm-hmm. I got my daughter account because you set your daughter up. Yeah. Like, that's the real currency. Forget what you pay. Yeah. Like, I, I'll drop a, a, a course or a product. Forget what you pay. The real payment is like when you come back and say, yo, that shirt got me so much Price love. versus value. Price is what you get. Value is what price is what you pay. Value is what you get. That's a fact. That's a fact. Price versus value, man. Drop, drop. Just, just close us out. Um, whatever you feel like, um, somebody listening right now could use. They might be in the streets in a tough situation where they mm. have no idea how to get out. They feel like, yo, it's all good. I mean, I could put my money in somewhere, but I love the game. This is what I do. I don't know nothing about. I ain't never bought no course. I ain't never listened to nobody like that. So what would you say to that person that's listening right now? I was that person before. I was that person that loved the streets before and I didn't see my way out. But I will which I will say this, man, and it's in my heart. I know it. Where you are now, your greatness is attached to it. It's just in another form. Think about it. Even in the Bible, right? David became from a fisher to a fisher of men. Mm-hmm. I look at myself the same way. When we look at Paul, Paul was one of the greatest persecutor of Christians and now he got more stories in the Bible than anybody. Yep. Look at myself. I was a trapper and now I'm the Wall Street trap, right? So your greatness is attached to where you are right now. You just got to be able to see on the back side of this because mm-hmm. where we are right now won't be forever mm-hmm. your story is bigger than that so you got to think bigger than that don't let the circumstances confine you man be bigger than that man believe in yourself build that relationship with the most high man and believe that um, what he has for you like, nobody can't take that away and I stand on that mm-hmm. much knowledge as I spread I'm as spiritual as well man mm-hmm. that's why I always say we us never say I never say me because my journey and I want you to know this your greatness has a profound effect on so many other people mm-hmm. and when you don't tap into to that, you let so many other people down. That's a fact. And I'm going to end on that, man. There it is. Follow Wall Street Travel, man. Out of here. If you've reached the end of the show, thanks so much for listening. We value your time, and that's why we want to give you the best-sounding, best-produced quality of content we possibly can. And this podcast you've been listening to has been edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Donald The Voice. I'm a 10-year voiceover artist, narrator, and production specialist that wants to see only the best life-giving, equipping, and long-lasting content be produced to help others. So, if you have commercial, video editing, or other production needs, I'd love to talk with you. That's right. Visit DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page to talk about how we can work together to bring your content to life. Okay, so you're not an email person. Well, you can also contact me on Instagram at DonaldTheVoice or on Facebook.com forward slash DonaldTheVoice. I'm looking forward to talking to you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.